Be with us, Lord, when we are in trouble. Be with us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Jesus, the man who proclaimed love, who healed the sick, proclaimed good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, the one who let the oppressed go free and proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor, now labeled a criminal, crucified, exterminated. A problem for the Romans and for the religious establishment of the day, Jesus had died. Truth is that people will often believe many things about others. Our modern world sometimes calls this history. I'm borrowing this from a musical from, that's on right now in Tempe, Wicked, from uh, a song called Wonderful. It says, our modern world often calls this history. A man is either a traitor or a liberator, a thief or a philanthropist. A crusader or a ruthless invader? Humans, human perceptions work when we realize it's all which label is able to persist. It's all which label is able to persist. Jesus encountered an unwinnable situation. A situation in Jerusalem in his final days that he could not have won. No matter what he said to the Pharisees, the scribes, nor the chief priest, nor ma- no matter what he said to Pilate or to any of the Roman authorities who held him captive, his fate would still be sealed by Pilate, condemning him to death. He was viewed as a criminal, and the punishment was death. The criminal label that Pilate placed on Jesus was this death sentence. He might as well placed it for all kinds of reasons. He might have placed it out of fear of the crowds. But Pilate himself ordered this execution. The labels we hear in the Bible of Lord and Savior, Messiah, Prophet, Great Teacher, even though many of the people that were there that day had felt at one time about that way about Jesus— The label the world placed on Jesus on Good Friday was the label criminal. Practically all of his apostles abandoned him. The human being above all other human beings was all about love. All about love. Yet he was labeled a criminal. Today I have to agree that it is all about which label on someone is able to to persist. But why? Labeling human beings is actually something that we're pretty good at. Undocumented immigrants can be illegal aliens, they can be labeled criminals, gangsters, fugitives, and they can also be labeled asylum seekers, new arrivals, refugees, or simply who they are, men, women, and children. Religiously, many Christian denominations have struggled with who can be members of their church or their versions of Christ's body. Can non-English speakers be members or people of color? Can people who are poor? Or how about gender non-conforming people? Can they be part of the church? In society, we label people who are of different faiths as either 
Muslims, Jews, Buddhists, Taoists, you name it. But in the past, sometimes people had called them heathens, infidels, terrorists, members of a cult, heretics, scammers, or whatever insult or epithet worked for them in their day. We still hear mixed messages in this way from our media about people who maybe wear different clothes than the majority of people, or people who ascribe to a different sense of gender, or people who cover their heads or don't, or however they express themselves. Humans are so prone to cast judgment on even the most minor attributes of ourselves. Labels are a trap. They're a trap that we use to make sense of a complex world, but they don't ever make things easier. And that seems to extend even to ideas like, what type of love is the right type of love in the world? We know this truth, that Jesus loved without limits. He loved the ubiquitous sinners and tax collectors. We hear all kinds of stories and prostitutes. But he also showed great love and compassion to people with disabilities, to people who were homeless, to foreigners, to non-Jews, to single women, to people whose relationships didn't conform to the norm of their day, even to those and to some of the most despised people and enemies that his culture knew Jesus loved without limits. And for that, humankind could simply not deal. A man who walked around proclaiming the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God belongs to everyone, this man who actually loved everybody was simply too much to bear. This kind of love was too dangerous for government after all. This kind of love might lead to people seeking justice for all sorts of societal ills. This kind of love was too dangerous for religion, too. Proclaiming love means that everyone actually belongs to God. That everyone belongs, not just some. That kind of love was too dangerous even for people who were marginalized on the outskirts. Because it might be a whole lot easier to hate people who are in power. It might be easier for the poor or the outcast to see wealthy as enemies. It might be easier to begin an insurrection instead of a revolution of kingdom of God type of love. Human beings could not deal with the way that Jesus loved and so his type of love needed to end. We know this. Jesus... His life was a life of pure love because God is love. But that was too confrontational. So humanity decided that we had to destroy love itself because the love Jesus carried was too different and too powerful, far too dangerous, too revolutionary for our wildest imaginations. Today, in our readings and in our prayers... We remember a time when humankind preferred violence. Do we still? We remember a time when we preferred punishment and control. Do we still? We preferred a solution to end this kind of revolutionary, radical, unending love. Do we still? And so in the early first century, society thought we ended this kind of love. 
The love that could welcome an estranged child home. A love that could flourish in communities almost like little mustard seeds, even in the smallest quantities. A love that could go across borders to the other side to see people who could be threatening. They could be arch rivals or even enemies, and this love sees them as friends, as members of the same family, under the same creator, in a creation that is at one point called very good. And so we resorted to violence, and we ended this kind of love, or so we thought we did. This is, after all, only part two of one liturgy that has three parts. This is part two. We'll have to see how this plays out. But today we leave asking ourselves many questions. Is it all about which label on someone is actually able to persist? Do we prefer control or violence over radical love? Do we prefer conformity over creativity? Do we prefer ourselves and our society and the kingdom of the world? Or do we prefer Jesus, the kingdom of God, and a radical new way to love? These are the tough questions we have to face on this day, this Good Friday.